0: Welcome into DNVR Buffs post-game, presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today I'm joined by the same crew as always, but the difference this time is that Ben Girding is going to be here with us from the start. Of course, Ryan Konigsberg is, is he well. here with us. Well, it doesn't look like it. Oh, it seems so there he like, is. Yeah, Hi. <laughs> opportunity of a lifetime, and he's sitting there on his phone. <sighs> well, uh,
1: There's also I guess No Winsky.
0: There's no Winsky, and we couldn't think of anything. He came up with Losker. Not bad. <laughs> Maybe we'll drink some I, I said
2: if we had some Lagavulin, it could be Ulin. but sure. unfortunate.
0: Oh, let's get this out of the way. That game sucked. Um, in case you guys didn't see it, but you're tuning in to like the podcast later or something, the, the Buffs lost to Tennessee uh, by a score of and see this is what always happens the app doesn't 54, have a 5447 5647 okay yeah, 5647 um we're going to talk about all of it let's let's start with um saying what what went wrong like if you could pick one thing Ryan that you saw that was the reason that all this happened what would you choose uh yeah the the point of the
2: game went wrong which is to get the ball into the bucket ah, good call. um and so there was a offense. there's a lot of issues on offense just as a whole um, but they just didn't make shots, and these things happen. Uh, you know, you're just going to have nights like this. Uh, it's unfortunate that it happened in this one just because, you know, this was a big test for CU, and I think if they shoot lights out, they win this game. Uh, if they even shoot well, not even great, they probably win this game. They did fantastic on defense, uh, I thought, against what was clearly a, a, a much better bigger and stronger team than them Mm -hmm. uh but they just they were really poor on offense and and those you know it wasn't all execution issues it's also just making shots and I'm sure that's what Tad will say after the game but sloppy on offense 23 turnovers you just you can't beat you know the number 12 ranked team in the country with 23 turnovers and so offensively they were just poor
1: yeah Ben Yeah, you know, as we're talking about it, I've come up with an analogy in my head. This is exactly like the San Diego State game against Colorado in football just a couple weeks ago. Colorado and Tennessee, they scheduled a play just a couple days ago. Colorado, they're not as big. They're not as talented as Tennessee. And they traveled across the country on a pretty short notice. Um, You know, expectations. I was high on this team. I picked Colorado by five. Obviously, I think my faith was a little bit misplaced but not in Colorado, but more so in Tennessee, they are huge. Those are chiseled men <laughs> They're out there playing basketball. And you see McKinley Wright take the, take the ball down the court you don't have any lanes. There's nowhere for him to go. So, yeah, I I agree. I think offense was very poor. But I, I, as what went wrong, I'd point to the turnovers like you alluded to. You're not going to be able to overcome that much adversity if you're not taking all of your chances. And realistically, if you turn half of those turnovers into just shots you're going to be increasing your chance yeah. of, of putting up points. So it's disappointing for sure. Um, it's a tough loss. I know a lot of people were hoping to get an early win because this one definitely would propel CU into the top 25 and get some national recognition. But I'm still not out on this team by a long shot. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, the more I think about it, what went wrong is the Buffs played
2: Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, you know, again, they're they're – they can look in the mirror and point at some of the things they did, like 23 turnovers. But why would they? Why'd they have 23 turnovers? Because Tennessee has this big, long, strong defense that is, was all over them from the the opening tip until the end of the game, uh, making them you know put the ball in harm's way, uh, making them make tough decisions. Unfortunately, you know your best player is a undersized guard. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you went up against probably, and I don't know this for a fact, but probably the longest team you're going to see this year uh, and, and one of the biggest teams you're going to see this year. Uh, and in a game like this, it's really tough for McKinley Wright to get to the rim. It was tough for him even to just get around his defender because he was being guarded by a dude who was like 6'6". So, uh, yeah, that what went wrong is they kind of ran into – I don't want to call them a buzzsaw because they were really – underwhelming on offense tennessee was but at least as a def- they ran into a defensive buzzsaw
0: they definitely did and and that's like if i had to pick a reason why they play the game i or lost the game i think that they lost because they played tennessee is a pretty good take uh, and i don't know that it's necessarily because they cannot beat tennessee i think it's because they just haven't seen a team like tennessee this season and honestly i don't think they see a team like tennessee the rest of the way on the on the priest or pre-game pod that we had yesterday We talked about all this stuff and how they do have a lot of length and how even though they don't have like a seven footer you typically see out there, they're just very big in the in the backcourt and long everywhere. And when you see a defense like that for the first time, like there's no way to simulate what Tennessee is. Right. It's like the Lakers in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just get teams just get clamped by them until they like have time to solve the puzzle
0: exactly and that's exactly what we saw from the buffs because the buffs did solve the puzzle it may not have ever gotten to the point where their offense was what it needed to be but they were down what 20 to 3 or something uh they 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 had a 15 point deficit before they scored yeah. a second basket yeah 17 to 2 okay yeah. that's a tough look yeah. and the fact that they came back from there you know they, they did win the rest of the game the problem is they came out slow again and I think that's my next question for you guys is that something that you're worried about now seeing back-to-back games where the buffs have come out slow?
2: A little bit. Um now it's a it's like this is a trust in Tad Boyle thing where you just know he's going to coach it out of them. Mm-hmm. Um he's going to say something along the lines of, "All right, you guys are going to start game slow. That means we're going to start practice fast." And he's going to make them step out on the court and go full speed from the second they break the huddle at practice, just to kind of, you know, simulate this for them, um, not give them a a chance to ease their way into anything. And he'll get it figured out. What I will say is I'm a little concerned about the shooting ability of this team. And maybe it's a little bit of an overreaction and and we've only seen them play road games right now. So it's a little bit, you know, I, I don't want to overreact to it, but like, who was out there to make a shot for them when they needed it tonight? Horn? Exactly. Was, like, the only guy who made a shot yep. when he, when they were, like, back up against the wall, we need someone to make a shot. In basketball, you need, like, several of those guys. And if you're going to – you know, I was thinking, like, if this was a tournament game – and they went up against tennessee it probably would have been different just yeah. because it wasn't thre- you know the the out of nowhere travel across the country although i guess that's what you do in the tournament is out <laughs> of nowhere you're told to travel across the country and but there probably wouldn't be a first round game mm-hmm. you know and the energy would have been different and all that stuff but in the end to win tournament games to win any games you need shooters um deshaun schwartz hopefully he works himself back into it tonight he was just taking up space on the court um and you know i i'm I've always liked Deshaun Schwartz. I think his ceiling is really high, but he has to be that guy. The other one who you can turn to and say, okay, we really need a jump shot. We trust Deshaun to make it Um, because dry horn while he's a decent piece, like if he's your most trusted shooter, you're not going very far.
1: Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I think it is a concern, but I want to temper expectations because, you know, we are three games, and like you said, they've only been on the road. They haven't had the comfort of playing in Boulder yet. And also, they haven't had the comfort of playing with the same lineup, you know, over no. the course of three games. You got Deshaun Schwartz coming back tonight, clearly was not at 100%. He he looked lethargic out there. His shot didn't look all that good. Um, and then you lost Eli Parquet to this game. Very um, true. And easy to overlook that. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Parquet not just defense his shot has progressed so well he's been tremendous this season so you were missing some of those pieces i think you would have you would have hoped to see them come out against a test like tennessee and be able to perform a little bit better but you know i see this kind of as the kansas game from last year they went to kansas this team was ranked they were 20th in the country traveled to kansas you know that Kansas is going to beat you, but this this part of you inside is like, well, you know, if one or two things bounce their way. When in hindsight, the reality is no. They never had a shot in that game. It was still early in the season. They weren't ready for it. I think that's what this is. Tennessee, they're going to go into my top 10 easily now. I think they're going to move up pretty quickly because they've got another game this week against Cincinnati, which I would expect them um, to take care of Cincinnati the same way they took care of Colorado. That team is so defensively sound. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we talked about it on the pregame show, they're not big in one area. So, like, they don't have one seven-footer that just dominates the game. But their length is so dispersed over their starting five that there are no lanes to pass through. There's not going to be a weak link. McKinley's going up against a six-foot-six guy, and so Mm -hmm. is Evan Batty. Mm -hmm. But they're just so, they're built different in the SEC. And so that's, that's, it's just a, a problem that you're going to run into against a team like that.
2: Yeah, I said to you guys at some point during the game, there's no teams in the Pac-12 that look like nope. this. No, no. Uh, and and that's comforting, but, y- you know, it's not all about the Pac-12. Obviously, you'd like to see the Buffs get a top-four finish in the Pac-12, but in the end, like, I, I think for a while now, CU fans have had their sights set on a Sweet 16 run. Like, that's kind of the... The the line for, like, if they got there, that's a very successful season. Now, I think it's been long enough that if you won a game in the tournament, that's a successful season, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves right now. Um, but I don't want to see this team look at um, McKinley Wright and just say, like, you got us, or are we in trouble? Because I've seen a team do that before, and it was with Derek White. And that team, you know, was built to be really great. But they knew they had Derek White, and so game in, game out, they were like, "Hey Derek, let us know if you ever need us to play." And by the time he, you know, by the time you realize that Derek White doesn't have it, you're down 17 to two. Yeah. So uh, I want to see this team have you know let more guys step up early. Um, in the first couple games, they did a good job of getting Dallas involved early, getting him a post touch, letting him get an easy one. I like that. They did get one in there for Batty tonight. Um, I thought he got fouled. He didn't finish it. So. I'd like to see them work a little more inside out to start the game. Um, but you're right. There's no reason to overreact to going on the road in three days, playing Tennessee, uh, a, a really good Tennessee team. You know, like they're not quite a blue blood, but they're just outside of that when it comes to college basketball. That's a team that is usually good year in, year out. And you just look at, Like when you just see those guys on there, you're, you You pause, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is a little bit of a different breed. You know, uh, we're rolling out Dominique Clifford uh, as a freshman, and they've got some, you know, beast on him trying to pressure him out of the ball. So
0: it wasn't a great matchup. Yeah, yeah, and I like what you said about Tennessee, and I think that that – Maybe more than anything is the most important point when we're talking about this game is that Tennessee is really, really good. You know, it's it's not like they went out there and lost to Kansas State, which they could have done last week, but won that pretty easily. This Tennessee team, I mean, preseason, there were plenty of people picking them to be top five in the country. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a tough read because they were 17-14 and 14 last year because of all the difficult circumstances. Players leaving in the middle of the season, players getting hurt, players leaving before the season, then COVID happens at the end. And, and nobody really knew exactly where to place Tennessee, but now seeing them on the court we know that this is one of the contenders for the national title. And I am ready to say that right now after seeing this performance. And the fact that the buffs were giving them some themselves some chances late, there, were, there are positives you can pull from this. And I, I, I think that before we move on and take our first break and get into some other stuff, I think that that's kind of my last question is, do you think that Colorado can beat a team like Tennessee that is one of these national contenders?
2: Absolutely. If... They shoot the ball a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, this team, why do we feel like they were in the game the whole time? Because of their defense. Yeah. They played really outstanding defense outside of early in the game. You know That was another problem early in the game is they weren't rotating well. There were some open shots. Tad got them in there. Especially at halftime, you you notice a totally different defensive energy in the second half, and so that's why they were in the game. And Tad Boyle, you know, will say that every single after every single game, right? If you play defense and you rebound, you'll be in every game. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't rebound all that well. That's another thing that they could do better, uh, and they would, you know, have a much better chance of winning this game. So it's weird because offensively, it's hard to be like lower on this team than you would be after a game like that because offensively was gross, like. There were very few plays where you even thought like that was a nice offensive play. It was just like, oh, yeah, they, they got a shot and made it. It wasn't like I remember there was a Barthel, like a couple of Barthelemy cuts that ended in layups. Uh, there was one I think Horn had a nice pass inside to Dallas Walton that they got a layup. But like everything else, felt like they were re- working really hard for. So you come away from that being low on offense, but you you have to come away from that feeling really good about defense, as you guys just said that that's in probably a national title contender a legitimate one mm-hmm. and for much of the game they had them in their grasps and
1: had them under control yeah yeah you know i'm i'm gonna i'll, I'll do a hot take i'm higher on colorado now than i was before hmm. now granted if they were able to come away and win the game you're feeling a hell of a lot better <laughs> but the point is is how how worse could they get 33 percent from the field 23 percent from three. Oh, i mean 33%. that that is yeah. That's, the, that's the minimum right there. I mean, so now we know what is the floor of this team offensively. That's what it is. But the difference is, is defensively, they were fantastic. And I like that you pointed out, you know, they, Ryan, they got that switch. They, as soon as they figured out how to beat Tennessee, and it was that switch into the zone, because they realized Tennessee had one shooter, Frosted Tips. And if you t- <laughs> and, and if you could eliminate that, and you could force Tennessee to work the ball around the perimeter, you were going to limit their possessions because Tennessee in the beginning, they were just playing bully ball. They knew they were bigger and stronger and they were just going to rely on that. Mm -hmm. Similar to what Colorado did against San Diego state in football just a couple weeks ago, they relied on that athleticism. So for Tad Boyle to make that switch, say, no, we're going to play zone. So you have to finesse your way and get points. I think that was a, a great sign of him being adaptable. And I think the team played very well in that aspect as well. Um, yeah, I think they can hang with teams like this. I really do. They're not going to run into problems like this in the conference. And that's what's important too. You're going to have USC where you've got to try and figure out the Mobley brothers. And that's going to be a problem of its own. But today was essentially eight different Mobley brothers in different ways, size, athleticism, what they can do with their length and defense. So, you know when you have all of that and just kind of what's a juggernaut of a team i mean you wouldn't feel bad if you lost to kansas or villanova or baylor um and i think it's just going to have to be chalked up as one of those type of games
2: what's crazy is so the buffs shoot 20 they're 33 percent from the field they turn the ball over 23 times let's just say you take 10 of those turnovers away. i feel like 13 turnovers in a game is decent not amazing um and you make thirty you make a basket on thirty three percent of those possessions. well now you have six more points <laughs> Dude, six more on. points well i was I, I was gonna I was starting to think of like threes and twos, and I was like, oh, I'll just go two if those are if those are just twos, you're getting three more you're getting six more points, mm-hmm. and this is a neck and neck game at the end. Yep. Uh, if one of those is a three, now you're talking about seven more points, and you know what did they end up losing by seven right? No. Nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, turn the ball. If you don't turn the ball over, you can actually overcome how poorly you shot tonight. Um, so it's the combination of turnovers and poor shooting that's just not going to give you a chance in many games. And somehow they still had a chance. That's how important defense is. Mm-hmm. And they and didn't even hit, I'm sure they didn't even hit Tad Boyle's rebounding numbers. So they did one thing that, that Tad Boyle asks them to do. Uh, and it kept them generally in the game
0: throughout. To play devil's advocate here. You know, they do have the turnovers. You can say, like, if they take away those turnovers, they're fine. Or if they shoot better than 33% or better than 22% from three, they're right in this game. At the same time, though, this is one of the best defensive teams in the country, and maybe this isn't as much of a Buffs problem as much as it is Tennessee's strengths being
1: able to take away the Buffs offense. Absolutely. I mean, Tennessee's defense was suffocating because they're getting low into the shot clock because they're covering all these lanes. And, you know, you can't even drive the ball inside because you've got two grown men on you. And if you're McKinley Wright at six foot, you know, he was doing, I think, the best job that he could. But I think the game plan was was not great in that aspect. And we talked about that too yesterday. Um, and I wrote a piece on it before this game. You can go check it out on thednvr.com. You know, what is Tennessee's you know, weakness in this defense? And I think it would have been using more size with Dallas Walton. The problem was is I don't think anybody could have anticipated how Tennessee was flying around the ball. There was no way to get a pass inside because you were covered. They were covering up all those lanes, intercepting passes. I mean, I I think that's a great point to make. The, a lot of those turnovers were because of of Tennessee's defense just being that kind of a force. Well,
2: and Colorado's offense runs through McKinley Wright. And McKinley at Wright's offense is about getting by people, getting into the lane, creating either you know uh, a shot for himself or a shot for someone else. I I think you can probably count on one hand how many times that even happened tonight. If I, I'm having a hard time remembering it all, you know, yeah. he scored like a floater early in the game, but even that was from outside where he would normally want to shoot that. So they they took away the dribble drive uh from mckinley Wright and the buffs didn't have much to turn to the unfortunate part is other teams are going to see that yeah. and say okay well that's the way we're going to play it until they prove they can shoot the
0: ball mm-hmm. um i want to talk about Keyshawn Bartholomew and his role in the beginning of this game and his struggles a little bit i want to talk about jabari walker uh we're going to get through some of these young guys and a couple of the vets too but first uh we gotta take a quick break, but before we do that, uh, a reminder to get your questions in because we'll be answering questions at the end of the show. If you have any of your own thoughts, you can throw them in there. Maybe Ali will pull up some of the best comments she sees, but also questions. Some? Uh, sure. Well, Either we're gonna, then we'll get into the break. Of <laughs> cool.
1: I know Ben is really high on his shot. I, high on my. Hold on. So you're not even going to give me the benefit of the doubt. You're not even going to give me the comments of like, "Oh yeah, you know, Ben actually plays a little bit of basketball." It's just like, "No, you know, he's got confidence in a shot." And it's funny <laughs> that you mention that cuz I don't have confidence in my shot. Say, I, really? I I'm a I'm a slashing guard, you know. So I like to mm. I am I'm, I'm a playmaker. Not a, not as big a shooter. I'm I'm a volume shooter. Nice. You and me, we're starting to build a little uh,
2: team here because I I just shoot. I got beat by Dre pretty handily. <laughs> <laughs> the problem for me was i just didn't shoot well that day just like the buffs today True. because i had shots that could have won me the game and i missed them um so uh ben you drive i'll be in the corner perfect All yeah right.
1: and then maybe like we could just get mckinley and maybe evan batty to be on our team too and we'll be we'll, well be cruising we in McKinley, the wreck, we don't really need you anymore. Ro- you know <laughs> <laughs> real quick a funny not relevant story i actually i played basketball against mckinley wright one time at the rec center and um, he cooked me, like you're oh, kidding? No, no, kidding. not kidding at all. Surprising. I was playing with him. McKinley it was <laughs> right able to beat Ben girding Oh well, now now I know <laughs> you're just being facetious. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought you're being <laughs> so genuine. <keep> <laughs> <laughs> well, he he like he called ISO and he you know he waves everybody <laughs> off. Why would he do <laughs> that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you thought
1: he could take you. Well, I guess the precursor to this is I was on his team. And I, I point pointed up. I pointed up. I'm sorry. I'm going all over the place. So, so the first game, I'm on his team, and I'm running in transition, and I point up. Yeah. That- and and so to McKinley Wright, clearly that means throw me a lob. To anybody who I've ever played with is throw this to where my two-inch vertical can catch it. And you then said I'm- you
0: could dunk a tennis ball in the past
1: yeah i could in the past a lot's happened oh, wow
0: and i'm guessing you're playing with a basketball <laughs> so he
1: yeah so he threw it like way over my head that? i missed Nail it completely and he just goes man white guys can't can't jump and i was yeah. like yeah well you you're like a good uh, point
2: I, I don't know if you knew this but i'm not tyler bay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah i uh, believe so, so every
0: word of all of that
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, i once played against uh it was andre robertson a Skia booker spencer Dinwiddie was there and um uh, we were playing it like it was just like for fun they were gonna show up and run five on five against whoever wanted to play them with the wreck and just beat their ass so they could later tell stories like this yeah. <laughs> and uh i literally thought i had perfect position on andre on a box out like i had i was like i used all of the fundamentals you could ever use stuck my ass out i felt like i had him ball goes off the rim all I see is just his arms above me. He just catches it, dunks it, and just swings his legs into my back. And I was just like, okay. yep, uh, just, I guess that, that's, that's what happens.
0: Uh, at Montana, I was once down at the wreck. And uh, there was this guy in there who we used to call shoulder Beard. Because he had this patch of hair that didn't make any sense on his shoulder. He's probably two inches shorter than me, probably 30 pounds heavier. I have more muscle. He took my ankles, went to the rack, and uh, that was about it for my basketball career. Damn, bro. You got cooked by shoulder beard. I got cooked by shoulder beard. Um, We can get to the uh, bills that we have to pay. Remember, get those questions in so that we can go down these tangents. I would
2: say never admit that to anyone else, but that is now on public record. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> we'll yeah. get to questions at the end. We will That's get to questions funny. at the end. Um, Breckenridge Brewery famously makes very, very, very good beers. Um, we talk about Many all of them a lot. That. We're, we're excited <laughs> about the Juice people. Drop IPA, the Colorado Core. Core. The, I actually Christmas meant... Christmas Ale? Bronco's Country. Bronco's Pale, Country? Hoppy Pale Ale was where I wanted to go. And I said Colorado. I was like, no, they're Denver. But yeah, so many good beers. We love them all. Um, but a great deal that they have right now, which is, I guess, only kind of a deal. But if you want to go out to the farmhouse, you can ice skate for $3. Uh, if you bring your own skates, $6. If you need to rent skates. Uh, that's <laughs> that is tubing. a good deal. No, no nobody... I was, I was hoping somebody would
1: have like Something you guys, about, I thought like, somebody would be kind of like hyped about all this. I mean like, I, me I, I enjoy ice skating, yeah, okay. ice skating is a it's a grand old time <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? um, I, The only thing that I think about when I think of ice skates is when Shoulderbeard put you
0: on ice skates Wow, there we go. that's what we deserve. I'm so happy you told us this story. Yep. So uh, if you guys uh are thinking about me getting put on skates by shoulderbeard and think "Huh I want to take my son or daughter to go ice skating. Are we, how are we mean? No, I,
2: I think we're mean now. I mean, oh, Ryan and I oh, told.
0: It was mean when we were talking about. I mean, getting
2: cooked by.
1: McKinley, McKinley Wright, Wright or Shoulder Beard? <laughs>
2: getting cooked by Shoulder Beard? Embarrassing.
0: <laughs> you guys would not Could you imagine this if guy. you told
1: the story Ryan did, <laughs> but instead of knowing it was Andre Roberson, you only addressed him as Shoulder Beard? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Shoulder Beard jumped over and dunked on
0: me. It's just unbelievable that somehow this guy was always skins. Like, always. <laughs> this, the patch of hair on his shoulder and it, uh, but yeah back to Breckeridge brewery so much good stuff you can tube you can skate you can get put on skates uh it, it's just a great time out there so make sure you get out there and support them um also want to <laughs> shout out our good friends over at world golf tour yes uh it's kind of tough to play golf right now in a lot of different places and there's a way to get around that obviously it's playing video game golf And playing the best video game golf because WGT Golf is the most popular golf game in the world. And also the official gaming partner of DNVR. Um, If you guys are interested, which you should be, then you can get on dnvrgolf.com to download the app. You want to join the DNVR Country Club. uh, And then you can play in all of our tournaments. This week is the Ball is Poppin' Classic at Bandon Dunes. Uh, It's going to run from Friday to Sunday. And if you participate, then you can screenshot that you participated uh leave that screenshot on our twitter thread at DMVR Sports. Uh, it's pinned there you'll see it or you can email it to info at the dmvr.com and then a random winner will be chosen to get uh, i believe the shirt of their choice um a mask and it gets shipped to you so uh get in on that it's a pretty good deal
2: yep I'm just thinking about how Shoulderbeard—it's got to be the worst <laughs> pirate name ever.
0: Shoulderbeard, of like you run out of names. That sounds like yeah. uh, like Spaceballs. They they did like the parody of like Star Wars, yes. like whatever, like the Pirates Peter of the Pan Caribbean. And, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, Shoulderbeard is the bad guy.
2: Right. I kind of imagine it's like the main villain's like sidekick, and he's mm. like the butt of every joke. And he's like, "Well, what's my pirate name?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know, Shoulderbeard." And he's like, "What? I got Shoulderbeard." <laughs> shoulder you got,
0: beard. you got black beard i do kind of wonder like is, is shoulder beard somehow going to see this and <laughs> now learn because there were nicknames for all the guys but oh yeah everyone has nicknames i'm sure those for are the people they play at their rec center <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so, so we'll get to some of those in later shows uh back to buff's basketball though oh right um Shawn bartholomew what did we see from him? Because he did struggle early on. It didn't seem like he was ready for the pressure they put on him. Um, you, you look at the stat line. He took the most shots of anybody, finished three of 12, one of five mm-hmm. from three, a couple of turnovers, a couple of assists. But there were some bright spots in there yeah. too, I thought. Um, what were your imp- impressions of Keyshawn, Ryan?
2: I think you saw flashes of the upside that has Tad Boyle so excited about him. Mm-hmm. Um it's just about putting together a, a well-rounded game. Like right now, I think he he's a great slasher. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that he should be used in that role more often. You know, he's kind of got that long body that works for that sort of thing. Um, the finishing at the rim was good. Uh, I think all three of his buckets were layups. So, again, you know, the the jumper needs work just like everyone else. Did he hit a three at he some point? He hit one three. Okay, he hit a three. So, he had two layups and a three. Um, and... I like what I saw from him. His length is obviously valuable defensively, just like what you saw from a lot of those longer Tennessee guards. It's why Tad Boyle likes a, a longer guard. Uh, and uh, I think there's reason to be excited for him. It's just this is what happens when you're breaking in all of these young players. Normally you're doing this against, I don't know, Omaha or someone <laughs> or like... Or the
0: Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, that's <laughs> who they were supposed to be playing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can you imagine the difference in opponent of what they were supposed to be playing tonight versus what they did end up playing mm-hmm. tonight? So... Yeah, I think that uh, you're excited. It's just it, – it's you don't love to have to play that in your third game ever. It comes up against, you know, the, a bunch of grown-ass men.
1: Yeah, I think that's first and foremost a great point. And, you know, I don't want this to be a separate question because I do want to talk about Keyshawn, but, you know, would this bus team have been better off beating School of Mines by 40 points or losing a close game against Tennessee and learning a lot, you know? That's a tough question. It, he, it's not.
2: Because they're definitely better off losing to Tennessee, yeah,
0: even with the loss on the record. Yes, yes, because
2: you're one. You know the net. It's going to help you out that you played Tennessee in the first place. So, but that aside, I think you saw tonight. Colorado saw tonight what they're going to be up against if they ever do make a deep tournament run, uh, yeah. and what they're going to see when they're not seeing schools from the Pac-12. Because while the Pac-12 is a decent basketball conference. You you normally don't see guys like that except for when Arizona you know ends up putting together one of those Arizona squads that's right. you know does what they do in the Pac-12.
0: And usually they're like eighteen. Like right. these guys are like sure they they do have some young guys they had some freshmen in there but for the most part like these were vets who were built like vets. Yeah,
1: Pons I think is a senior. Um, he he's been yeah. around so. But but yeah, getting back to Keyshawn, I think the first thing. Defensively, I think he's he's taken some strides just in the last two in in his first two games. Um, I think you understand why Tad Boyle wanted to put the brakes on him last year because clearly he does have offensive talent, but he wasn't ready because he's still not all the way ready now. But I think defensively, he's not a total liability. I think he's he's shown with his length, he's able to make a presence, especially in a zone defense. He played phenomenally, um, and he all- plays longer than
2: he uh, he's listed at like he's only yeah. listed at 6-2 but he definitely has you know that wider wingspan a little bit lanky uh and you're right he's able to kind of use that to help him a bit on the defensive end
1: yeah offensively I think you know shot selection I noticed his shot selection was a little bit worse than some other people he was definitely trying to force the ball but granted you know this was his first time playing against a big opponent this was probably the first time maybe in his career that he's had his back against the wall um so yeah i can understand why he's like oh i'm a playmaker i can go out there and make plays i'm I'm not gonna someone's doing it exactly Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna fault anybody for driving into the lane and trying to pick up a bucket um especially because he had a little bit more height than mckinley so you know going forward i think he's got a lot to build on i still think he's an offensive asset absolutely i'm not necessarily worried about his his shots um like his form or anything like that. I know he can hit it. He's shown he can hit it. It just is going to come a matter of time of him getting more confident, I think, in, him, in, in himself. And that's going to come because next week you're playing Omaha and you've got a little bit of a breather. Um, and granted, you're you're kind of eased in a little bit in the Pac-12 schedule. I'm pretty sure. I think they play – actually, no, I think they play USC first. So maybe not so much. But <laughs> they've still got some games um, to get it all figured out, get him some more minutes to feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you you want to see him do better. You want to see him come out and, and see the pressure that they were putting on him when he had the ball early on and see him not struggle when that happens. But that isn't what happened. He still made some nice plays. He, he had a great steal that that I get excited about because you worry about him defensively. That was the book all the way through. And even if he isn't the best on-ball defender necessarily – just being able to play the passing lanes, contributing something, is a step in the right direction for somebody as young as he is. Um, so I am feeling pretty good about him going forward. Still,
2: early in uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's career, the Buffs went to Kansas. It was the year before a Skia Booker hit the you know the game winner, uh, buzzer beater that you know lives in uh, CU folklore, um, and Kansas did the exact same thing. They just blitz the hell out of two freshman guards. Uh, the Buffs had Spencer Dinwiddie and Eli Stalzer, who longtime Buffs fans will remember, didn't First play. I've heard the name. Didn't play very many minutes by the end of his career, uh, and he was most certainly outmatched. But Spencer was really affected by that pressure as well, uh, and and it was totally a grow up moment for him. Uh, and so that's what you hope this is for for all of these guards. It's, you know, McKinley wasn't. I don't think, affected too much by this pressure. Uh, he just unfortunately didn't have m- many places to go. He's a point guard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: His job is to pass the ball. <laughs>
2: right. Um, but in the end, um, I think this can be a grow-up moment for for Bartholomew.
1: Yeah. And real quick, too, um, I was listening to Andy Katz's podcast, the March Madness Bracket, um, earlier today, and he was talking with Shaka Smart, the Texas Longhorns mm-hmm. head coach, and Texas is obviously having a phenomenal start to their season. And he talked about – you know, how you're integrating freshmen and, and how that's going to look. And he said, realistically, for your freshmen, you're not expecting them to feel comfortable until between the 10 and 15 game mark because the ramp up to that is just making sure they're seeing all the different things that comes involved with college basketball. And we're still a-, a ways away from that. So you're seeing the flashes from Keyshawn. You're seeing some, you know, some lower moments, obviously, from him and, you know, uh, you know, D- Nick Clifford too. You know, yeah. he's he he hit a big shot, but also no. he looks a little bit more behind than Keyshawn Bartholomew. But either which way, you know, these guys they're gonna go through the motions, but they're gonna still come under, uh, you know, uh, under their own, especially with a guy like Tad Boyle, who is still one of the top coaches across the nation.
0: Yep. Uh, let's do biggest takeaways.
2: Oh man, um, I think my biggest takeaway is just that that the buffs aren't there yet um and maybe that's something that we should have known going Mm -hmm. into it um i didn't know enough about uh, tennessee to know just just what the buffs were running into until you know about two minutes into the game when i was like oh okay it's gonna be hard yeah um but there's a lot of excitement around the program right now for good reason um and they just you know they need to they need to get to that point um now maybe that's also something that happens in recruiting but, like, a guy like Jabari Walker belongs on that court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially when he beefs up a little bit and he's in a college conditioning program for a year. Like, that's a guy that's going to – a year from now, if they play against
1: Tennessee, which I guess they are – aren't they? They're getting him to come back. next year? Yes. It's a three-game agreement. So, obviously, this one is here. Next year will be back in Boulder. And then that third year is going to be a neutral site, but it's going to be in Nashville. So, closer to Tennessee. But – in in tennessee <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay yes. very, very tennessee, tennessee, close to tennessee <laughs> but it gives hopefully
1: by then uh, you know maybe us oh, a Ryan, chance to road trip you sure to, are Nashville. Close to that shirt oh yes i am yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm close to very close shirt. yeah um
2: tallahassee is job, that where man. ut is uh that's that's T- did you say sorry no tennessee t's and e's <laughs> yeah.
0: where is, uh, uh, knoxville. I get burned where is by knoxville shoulder knoxville, beer but yeah. these guys are doing all- i mean <laughs> you
2: got cooked by shoulder beer
0: you guys don't know where your I, places are i convinced
2: a uh a state with lots of t's and e's with a city with lots of t's and e's i'm taking i'm taking the, the credit for that
0: tallahassee one. tennessee would be an incredible place <laughs> <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that
2: far all right um, um, It's close. Knoxville. Tallahassee actually is close to Tennessee. Closer than Knoxville is to Tennessee because... Any geography. Nashville is is in Tennessee, so it's not close to Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to to beat Ben here uh, on my geography. (laughs) Okay. Good job.
0: You did it. You beat the intern. Um, (laughs) I I don't think I did, actually. (laughs) Um, So it's in Knoxville, uh, which... uh, Na- Nashville. 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 Nashville, Nashville,
1: Nashville, not Knoxville. We care True. about it because Nashville. I mean, candidly, Nashville's a fun city. So I that's know. why we care about it. Is because it's a it's a fun road trip for bus fans if they wanna if they wanna make it. That's cool. a that's a cool it's a cool city. You should Big definitely Nashville guy right here. Yeah, see, Midwest is highly yeah. underrated. If, the you know is, Ryan. if you know Ryan, Nashville is not in the
2: Midwest. <laughs> it sounds like he's enjoying the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyways, the biggest takeaways about Nashville. Nashville, I would say, uh, <laughs> the hot chicken is amazing. <laughs> I
0: will you. Uh, we wouldn't even know either. We'd let you keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, might uh, be better. I think that's
2: the takeaway: is that the buffs aren't quite here yet. They're not. Yep. They're not just built. To beat Tennessee. And they still could have if they shot the ball well.
1: Yeah. I I think my biggest takeaway is this team still has a lot of question marks as far as ironing out what that final rotation is going to look like come March. Um, and that's fine. You know, we're three games into the season. You like to see coaches going, you know, 10, 11 guys deep. But realistically, once conference com- time comes, you're looking at eight or nine players. So you've got five and then three off the bench. And this team is still trying to figure out. Who those guys are. You know, I, I think Dominique Clifford, I think guys like Tristan De Silva, they look off. They don't look ready. They don't look comfortable. De Silva, you know, he's this big guy who can cover a lot of ground, but he doesn't look quick. You know, he looks a little slow. And Dominique Clifford, I think his handles are a little too loose when he's bringing up the ball. That scares me. Um, there, there are some concerns with some of these younger guys. And again, that's fine. They've got time to develop. But For where this team is at right now, they're still looking for that identity. And you hope to with a little bit more time when you get Parquet back. um, You know, Luke O'Brien, nobody really expected him to make too big of a contribution. But again, you're not playing with your whole roster. So once this team starts to gel, once you get into January and February, I think it's going to look a lot different. And still, I'm going to hit it. This was a great game for them. It's going to look great as a loss, you know, because it's a Quadrant 1 loss. Um, And... Let's say, what if you have this dud of a shooting night against School of Mines? It's possible because shooting could be so streaky. Uh, yeah. Then, then you're, you know, then you're really upset with yourself. So, still a great game. Just, you know, kind of a young team still trying to find themselves. I think what you said about
2: them not having an identity yet is spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that those things come with figuring out your rotation. And that's what I was saying. Like this, this year is so weird that you don't have this long ramp up before you have to play any games that really matter. Um, you know, sometimes you get one in a mix of like eight games that don't matter, and you get to work through it and you get to play all the freshmen and, and whatnot. But yeah. De Silva for sure, uh not not quite ready to go. Neek also needs some time, some seasoning. Um so and I do think not having Parquet is probably gonna be the number one most underrated thing about this game that we forget about over time. Mm-hmm. Um he was probably the most important player, the second most important player in each of the first two games.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he shot the ball so well, defensively sound. Um, Yeah, I I, I think when you look at this game in a vacuum and and you take a step back, it's, it's interesting to me because of where the rotation was, personally. You got a guy like Deshaun Schwartz, his first game back, he logged 24 minutes. He was on the court more than Maddox Daniels. More than Dallas Walton and Deshaun Schwartz, kind of from the start, we were like, Yeah, he's not 100%. He doesn't look like he's 100%. You know, I I thought Tristan Da Silva was out there far too long. And when Da Silva was in the game, this was still a game.
2: Yeah. Colorado came out.
1: Yeah. Colorado came out in the second half on fire. They brought this game to within two points. Um, And so this was tight. It was a gritty match, it was a street fight. But I think, you know, maybe Colorado got a little bit too cute. And then just circling back to the identity thing, too, again, yeah, this was a game where you realized this is not just let McKinley write, play the entire thing, and then we'll be here to pick up the pieces if we need to, because they need to find a second and third score. Our biggest thing coming into this game was, you know, how does Evan Batty respond? I wanted to see it from him last week. We didn't get the chance to. Tonight, four this points. This is my biggest takeaway, by the way. Oh, I'm going to let you take it away then. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll take
0: away the <laughs> takeaway. Uh, so, that, that's what it was. And, and the takeaway is that Evan Batty needs to be better. And it, it isn't that we need to be worried about Evan Batty or anything like that. Evan Batty just needs to be better. You they know? need him to be better. They yeah. do. They do need him to be better. Tonight, two of six. He took a three, missed that, um, provided... Two rebounds in 26 minutes, and this is a tough rebounding matchup for him. But at the same time, I, I think Tennessee was ranked like 276th in rebounding last year, and they added a couple of pieces that very obviously change what that team looks like. But I do think that there were more boards out there for him. He needs to be better. He, he's getting those post touches early and not quite putting him away. And they don't look like bad shots. You know, I, I don't know if he consistently hits turnaround jumpers in the post. He might. He might definitely not. does in practice. Exactly. And, and he needs to figure out what he can do that is still playing within himself. What is a stretch for those post moves? Which of those shots does he hit? Um, because so far, things haven't been good. You know, coming into this game, he was shooting just over 30% from the season. And for a guard, that's obviously not good. But for a big man who plays in the post... That's bad. You, you need a lot more.
2: You need to be able to count on him to give you double digits every night. Yeah. In points. Yeah. Um, like, you should just say, like, Evan Batty, there's 10. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything above that feels good, uh, and everything below that feels like you're losing points off of your eventual total. So, <clears throat> you know, maybe he needs to work himself into game shape a little more. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's just a little out of sync right now. Like, there's so many things that it could be early in the season. We know that effort is not an issue for him. Mm-hmm. We know that want to is not an issue for him. Leadership, none of that. You're not worried about him, um, you know, having – you're not worried about what type of Evan is going to show up for the game. Yeah. But he just seems a little out of rhythm right now. The shots
0: aren't falling. Yeah. And, and there were plenty of shots he took tonight. You know, he finishes two of six, but feels like at least three of those misses – I guess that would be all of them except for the three-pointer – hit the inside of the rim and like could have had a chance of going down. Like, it's not like they were way off or anything like that. And I felt that way through a couple, I mean, both of the earlier performances as well, but three turnovers. He's not in foul trouble tonight, but he's been in foul trouble earlier this season. You know, it's just all of the little things that have at some point in his time hurt his performance have popped up already. And you just haven't seen a single clean game or even like an, an average game.
2: That's gonna say if he played well or average in the first two games, and then this game happened, you'd just be saying this mm-hmm. is a terrible matchup for Evan Batty. You know, if if you have a tall, skinny guy on a team, Evan can push him around. Mm-hmm. If you have you know shorter big men, he has the you know the uh, offensive game to work around them. Tall and ripped dudes is a tough matchup for Evan Batty. Yeah. So. Again, if he had played, if he had played really well in the first two games, or even just okay in the first two games, I'd just think, ah, oh, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you're just keeping an eye on it yep. in the next couple matchups to say, okay, let's see, can Evan get back into his rhythm?
1: Yep. Here's here's one thing I think is interesting: Jabari Walker four points, two rebounds, same as Evan Batty, but he did it in 14 less minutes and three less shot attempts. And now, granted, obviously, they're different players. They're not necessarily having the same role. But when you have a young guy like that kind of waiting in the wings that we're questioning, you know, where's Jabari Walker right now? They could maybe use that kind of a, a presence. Not nearly enough
2: minutes for him to J- Jabari Agreed.
1: Walker lit a fire under the team against South Dakota. You know, and and he played very well against Kansas State, too. He's shown that he's he's ready to go. So I think there should be some tweaks as far as rotation goes. I think they need to be figuring out a little bit better about who to put on the court at one time. Because, yeah, tonight there was a lack of shooters a lot of the time. And the problem is, you know, when you have Maddox Daniels out there, he's so secular in his ability. Like, he does have a good shot, but he can't really offer all that much else. So you understand... <laughs> and he's not even... He hasn't hit those shots. You can't count on him to be a good shooter all the time either. Yeah, so so you understand, you know, why a guy like that might not be seeing as many, you know, minutes in in a rotation. But when it comes down to it, they just have a lot to iron out. This is still a a wrinkled team, but I'm still not going to lose faith in them. I think they're going to, you know, I mean, you got Omaha next week. You could very well see this team win by thirty, and then it's like, oh, okay, we're we're back, you know. So
0: yeah, and and you know, Maddox Daniels was a starter tonight. Next week that is not true. You know, next week it's going to be Deshaun Schwartz in his role. And who knows? And Eli back in Maybe his role. Eli is ahead of Keyshawn. You know, this lineup is still very much in flux. I think I think you have two starters that you have locked in, and McKinley Wright and Evan Batty, and those other three spots are up for grabs. I think Dallas Walton probably does hold down one of those. But I still I think that after tonight that's up in the air, too. I think that that could be matchup dependent.
2: I don't think so, um, but either way, yeah. Uh, I think the, the lineup, when it comes down to it, is going to be McKinley, Eli, Deshaun, Evan, and Dallas.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree, but I'm, my concern with Dallas right now is, you know, he played fine. But he played fine. He's not playing as, as well as I think he can. I don't know if that's a lack of his own confidence in his shot. But didn't he only shoot one time tonight? Yeah. One for one. Yep. Dunk. He can do so much more. And now granted, he got, you know, the the brunt end of a bad call on that one offensive foul when I think he got a couple bad calls. Yeah. And and so, you know, that's gonna happen night tonight. But real realistically, for a seven footer who's got a nice shot and he's got a nice turnaround hook shot as well, he needs to be shooting the ball more. Because that's going to help open up things on the outside. Mm -hmm. Tennessee tonight did not have to worry about offense coming from the low post. They were only really worried about where was McKinley right and then just closing out on shooters because they did not have to worry about anybody down low. That has to change. That's something we talked about. They needed to work the ball inside more because that's going to open up things on the outside. They didn't do it tonight. They're going to need to soon. Otherwise, yeah, teams are going to start figuring it out like that. Yeah, They should have double-barreled action on the inside.
2: It should be you don't know whether they're going into Dallas, they're going into Evan, and they should be beating up teams in the paint on a night in night out basis, and that'll open up like you said, that'll open up easier shots for those guys who aren't you know there aren't very many knockdown shooters on this team, Um, so you know the the easier shot you can get, the better. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, Before we get out of here, and again, throw your uh, questions in there. We'll go through those real quick. Uh, We want to give another shout out to MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver is awesome. Uh, they do a whole bunch of great work. And I'm pretty sure Ali Monroy might have some good words to say about MSU Denver Online. Yeah, it's great. She well, says. Are great. Well, there we go. Woo. And she would know because I don't she's. Have a mic. <laughs> oh, you don't have a mic? I thought. Have you not had a mic this whole time? Today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, th- I'm confused still. <laughs> but we'll t- this is not important to the show she does say it's great though because you couldn't hear her, and that the professors in particular are great that's what harrison says as well um, he's taking classes through msu denver online um, very responsive very good information very useful information not wasting time um, and they don't waste time because they know that most of the students who attend classes there are working full-time jobs outside of that um, and, and that's how this whole thing is really built at msu denver online they do a great job if you're interested in going back to school or uh, going to school for the first time msu denver online is a great option you can go to msudenvercom online for more information on the 40 plus online and hybrid programs they'll get you a degree and the 700 plus online and hybrid courses that you can take on your way to that degree um all right questions uh, yeah do we have any questions we only we have 40 questions all from <laughs> one person <laughs> all from peter oh wow uh, they're not of questions. um okay he asked my question is why are d1 basketball players cooking average joes Big E go much yeah um that's m- it yeah i mean if you were really good at something you would <laughs> want to go be good, <coughs> good at it my question is why are d1 basketball players cooking average joes so how about go
2: much from here on out, Ali, you don't have to read it. You can just put it on the screen. We'll read it so it doesn't get read like three times. Perfect. <laughs> or we could each read it once. Or we could go letter by letter.
0: <laughs> word by word, like on the tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. Betisoe ben is so
2: positive. He's like the no, anti Kisla. No, no, We're not doing ben- that. Ben? We're not doing <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anti Kisla. There's, there's your new role here, Ben. Jabari will be first team Pac 12 by the time he's done. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree
1: with that. He's a stud.
2: I took the Buffs plus 14 after horrific start. I couldn't Henry find Henry
1: couldn't there were get no it. it and he lines. was upset. Yep, yep.
0: This team doesn't really have a s- Ski or Blair Wilson who can get hot. That is true. A Ski of Booker or Blair Wilson. Blair Wilson is a th- deep throwback. That's like early 2000s. Okay. I won't feel too bad about not who, who that <laughs> was then. That is it. That and is it. it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, we will be back here for another post game on Friday when the Buffs take on Utah in what could be a game that decides whether they host the Pac-12 title game or whether they go undefeated and not get the title game, but we'll get into that at the time. Um, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned to the DMVR buffs podcast, uh, throughout the week as we'll be talking about that, talking about the basketball team, whole lot of fun. Uh, the DMVR.com has all the written content, become a member there. There's some awesome deals going on right now. And also if you are watching on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Cause we really appreciate that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Tough day, but I wouldn't get too down on it. Good things are on the way. And uh, we'll talk about those when they come. Uh, See you tomorrow on the DMVR Buffs podcast.